Hello and welcome to Success Grid Nation to this new episode of the Success Grid Podcast. In this episode, I am talking with Diane Hilbig. How to sell without selling. You need to understand that the more you think about selling, you will sell less. So we are going to be talking about the ABCs of sales and selling today. Hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to Success Grid, the place for sharing entrepreneurial stories, knowledge, and wisdom to educate and inspire you to always strive to raise your standards in your business and your life. With your host, Hussein Talib. Hello and welcome to an episode of the Success Grid podcast with your host, Hussein Talib. I have a special guest today, Diane Hilbig. She's an internationally recognized business and leadership development advisor, author of Succeed Without Selling, award-winning speaker. As a certified professional coach and president of Hilberg Enterprises, Diane helps businesses and organizations operate more profitably. Diane, welcome to The Grid. How are you? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. Awesome to have you here. The concept of succeed without selling. Usually, business needs to sell. <laughs> so <laughs> tell us a little bit about your story and where are you now? And we will get to the, the book and things, the, the concept later. Okay, terrific. So, uh, you know, the short version is I've always worked in small businesses, either in leadership or in sales. And in 2006, I decided to go off on my own and uh, started a company working with small business owners to help them problem solve and you know, overcome challenges that they were having in the process of growing their businesses and also training people in, you know, a variety of areas of business. So uh, through that journey, I've written a couple books, do speaking, workshops, you know, writing, that sort of thing. Cool. Awesome. So Succeed Without Selling. This book has a strange title because when you say without selling, any business, I believe that wants to make more sales about that. So you're basically telling uh, the more you think about selling, the less you will sell. So how does that come around? Okay, so I agree with you. It is a strange title. Um, my point is this, that selling in the old uh, context of, of it, it is thought of as having to persuade, you know, be convincing, all of these things that don't work. So my premise is that we have to stop thinking about selling. We just have to let it go. We will sell, we will grow our businesses, but we will really do it well and consistently when we are focused on the other person and helping them problem solve, mm. not focused on convincing them that they need what we have to sell. So you're basically saying that we should focus more on adding value to the consumer or the customer. And then uh, natural things of business, when we do that, we will get uh, sales more in return, right? Right. And we'll get the right sales, right? Mm. So, So we'll be able to really pay attention and build trust, which is critically important in sales. And we'll know who we really can help. I think what a lot of salespeople do is they think, I have to sell, I have to sell, I have to sell. So they don't pay attention to whether they should be selling, you know, whether that person needs what they have to sell or whether they should be working with that person. And then they end up in bad business relationships and can't figure out why. You know, we all have who we should be working with, who we can help. 
And by letting go of selling, we can figure that out. So like you mentioned, basically selling is about sometimes persuading. So like how selling 20, 30 years ago, the ABCs of things changed uh, for now. Because usually, even if like, for example, going knocking on doors, these kind of things, all of this is about selling how many sales did you did today? How many sales did you did today? So yeah. why did that change and how did that change? So it's a great question. So right, the ABCs used to be always be closing. My opinion is now it is always be curious. And I think it changed. Well, first of all, I'm not sure it ever really worked effectively for the majority of salespeople. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I did. Speaking of door-to-door sales, I did door-to-door sales, especially when you're knocking on people's door. People don't expect someone to come and sell them coupons and stuff like that. So, like half of right. them would say no thanks. Half of them will, because they are maybe bored, they will welcome me and buy. <laughs> so they think maybe I had kids at the time. I don't. I was young when I right. did that. Yeah. <laughs> Right. They were sympathetic, of course. Mm. But but it's not, I mean, you know, if they're doing it, they're doing it because they don't know how to say no, right? It's not that that really worked. But before the internet, the salesperson had an advantage over the consumer because the salesperson knew Different about their product, yeah. right? Knew about their competition, knew all those things. Now that we have the internet, the consumer is so well educated. They know yeah. everything, right? Or they think they do anyway. So they're not looking for someone to talk them into something. They're looking for a partner. Mm-hmm. They're looking to work with someone they trust, who they firmly believe is there to help them problem solve, not mm-hmm. just to sell them something. Uh, now with the uh, succeed without selling in business, how do you see it working? Do you have like some kind of a framework or certain things to focus on? Like, for example, storytelling and these kind of things. Yeah, well, so I think storytelling is really valuable. I will flip it around and say the first thing that I think salespeople and small business owners should be doing is asking other people to share their story. Mm, Storytelling is very important, but we need to be hearing who they are, what their world is like, what they're dealing with. So my viewpoint is regardless of whether you're networking, prospecting, selling, following up, whatever it is, we should be in discovery mode all the time. Mm, yeah, so, so to to be more to be more curious about the the other side, the customer, mm-hmm. the consumer, yes. instead of just having like the old days a script and just uh, repeating right. it like. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. You this is. Listen. Yeah, yeah. The, and even I don't know. Even until today, there are some people who teach selling. I'm sure maybe you know some of them. They they will tell you like I have a script for you memorize it or whatever and go and go sell there are some concepts still like this around in this this old way of selling Uh, but like you mentioned it may be like with the consumer now knowing knowing more having the internet having being able to search a lot of things they can make comparisons and make a certain choice not not necessarily on price because the price might be higher right 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 because what the So the salesperson should be listening far more than they're talking. Price is not necessary. People will use price as an excuse, but it isn't necessarily the issue. People are willing to pay for value, but they have to know, they have to believe that they're getting either equal value or greater value for what they're spending. So the salesperson 
really has to discover enough about what the prospect needs, what they want, what this whole engagement is going to do for them, what will happen if they don't do this thing, whatever it is, to really help understand the prospect, but also so the prospect can really appreciate the return on investment that they're going to get if they engage in the process. So price doesn't isn't really a thing. We just think it is. Yeah, yeah. They look some. They a lot of times they look for the relationship between the between both of them and also the value, like you mentioned, that's added. And they look at the end of it and will they actually achieve these results? Because, for example, anyone buying anything, they actually don't want to maybe go through the product, or they want to actually the end result of things. Right. Right. There's a reason why they're going to let go of money, right? They have an expectation that something's going to be on the other side of that. So it's up to us to find out from them, what is that expectation? What are they hoping to accomplish? Because we might not be the right resource for them. Especially like sometimes people in sales, they because they push the sale, they don't understand having a relationship is better because maybe maybe the customer or the consumer does not want the the specific thing that they are selling now, for example, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe they maybe they want it or they need it like in in six months or maybe in a year. So establishing this kind of bond with them is actually better than that pushing the sale, right? It's so true. I mean that is golden. That that is absolutely right. When you are honest and really do that relationship building, you're right. You may never do business with them, but they'll yeah. refer you to other yeah, yeah. people, right? Yeah, exactly. huge value. Yeah, exactly. So what do you think how important it is to to know your target markets for businesses and entrepreneurs to know their target markets? How important it is nowadays? I think it's tremendously important. I think every business has at least one target audience. It's not everybody. Like everybody is not a target, right? There are particular people or industries or companies or, you know, whatever it is that potentially are going to need what that company has to sell. And it's up to the salesperson, the small business owner to really know who that is because then they can focus their message toward a specific market and it's a message the market will be able to hear. So basically here you're talking about maybe what you call the discovery call or the discovery process, right? This is knowing your customer exactly who it is and starting looking for them and targeting them and serving them. Right, exactly. So, I mean, I think discovery happens throughout the whole process, but it definitely starts with them. Once you know who your target is, then you can go research them, learn as much as you can about them. So then when you actually reach out to them to have a conversation, you have something to talk to them about. Yeah. You know, you, you have something that, that is going to be of interest to them and it's not what you're selling. It's them. Yeah. So, so how, how do you look on, on selling through now social media and these kind of things through Facebook, through Instagram, through LinkedIn and these kind of things? Because a lot of people now just they like immediately send a message like, uh, this is for you. Go buy it. Here's the link directly to the order page. How do you see these kind of things? I can't stand it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
the truth is people have got to stop doing that. So they're using social media to sell when social media is really about connecting and relationship building and establishing yourself as a, as an authority in, in your industry, people have got to stop just trying mm-hmm. to sell to people instantly. They, they, they haven't made the, they haven't earned the right to have a conversation with that prospect about their solution. Like, do you see uh, in businesses, do you see the problem now with the sales manager in these companies, for example, or it's like in the higher level of that, like they actually, at the end of the day, they want more money. So where is the problem? Is that their techniques is old now, uh, the focus on sales manager or the people who are above them uh, in that? Boy, that, that, that's interesting. I definitely think there's a problem with the sales manager. I definitely, because historically sales managers either think that their salespeople should engage in activities that, the, that work for the sales manager, which isn't always the case, but sometimes the sales manager is under a lot of pressure from the people above them who are saying, get these results, right? And okay. I think companies need to realize that it's the result that you're looking for. It's not the methodology. As long as it's legal and moral and ethical, you really need to allow salespeople to do what is natural for them. And you have to give them the time and the opportunity to build those relationships because it's going to benefit the company over the long term. So it may take more time up front, but it actually costs less overall. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So you personally, if you work with them or when you work with these people, what do you do? What, what things do you see wrong? What things do you see they're doing right? If they do these things right, what do you try to improve or change in these aspects of selling? So, thanks for the question. So some of them absolutely do things that are right. And, and, and they realize the results from that, which is so great. Typically, when I work with salespeople and small business owners, it's to help them shift their mindset and actually develop a process that they will implement that is theirs, you know, that they will implement that helps them build those muscles of this is how I engage with people. These, you know, I help them figure out the questions they should be asking and, you know, what that initial conversation should be like, how to get connected to the people they want to be connected to. So it really depends on the person and what they're struggling with at the time. But overall, it, it's really any aspect of the sales process to help them develop their own effective strategy. We mentioned like how people may be buying in today's market, like they go online and search and compare, uh, compare for things, right? But uh, in the old days, they were like, just know these certain companies and they buy from them. Why do you think like now sometimes... All this shift, the internet made this kind of big impact and still big companies like Coca-Cola or whatever, They are because they are big brands, they are known. Do you think they need to advertise, for example, to, to get more customers like these big companies compared you know, to small think, businesses, for example? Yeah, I think it's pretty hard for small businesses to be able to advertise. I think there are Sometimes the time and place it makes sense. I really think the best way for small businesses to make an impact is to be engaging with their target audiences online. They can be 
sharing information. They can be having conversations. They can join groups. They can um, offer uh, white papers and eBooks and, and things like that. They, and not just with their target audiences, but with other people in the business community, because, you know, it helps you get connected to who you want to be talking to. But really anymore that the companies that are sharing information that are giving of knowledge end up rising to the top when the prospect is doing a Google search, so to speak, you know, looking for a particular solution. So for me, you know, you're going to spend money either way. I think that's probably a better mm. way. You're going to get more results from that. So what, let me ask, what do you think about uh, what they call the 30-second pitch or the elevator pitch or these kind of things? Okay, good question. So the first thing I have to say is it's not a pitch. Like you're not selling somebody. That was the whole premise, right? You have to be able to sell to somebody in the time it takes to go in a, on an elevator trip with them. That's ridiculous. You're not, <laughs> sorry, but it is. You're not pitching. You're starting a conversation. You're starting an engagement of, you know, learning about them and them learning about you. So my viewpoint is, you know, share what you're passionate about, share why people hire you and the results that they get. You don't have to talk about the how of what you do. No one cares. They don't care how long you've been doing it. They don't care about all your certifications and, and whatnot. You know, do your 30 second introduction as if you were talking to a family member you had not seen in 10 years and they asked you what you were up to, what you were doing. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> more natural. Yeah, but maybe there is a lot to think to say of that. <laughs> I know, right, right. Well, you do have to figure out how to be succinct. That, that is <laughs> but really, you want them to say, really, tell me about that. Or how how's that going for you? It, you know, it's the start of a conversation. You're not going to be able to tell them everything about your business in 30 seconds. So it's like I am going to deal with this in 30 or 60 seconds and I actually have a meeting right now. Maybe that yeah. that <laughs> that would that would work, maybe. <laughs> I will get back to you in 30 minutes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so can you give us in points what advice would you give someone who sells to consumers? My advice is usually to try and create some sort of an event that you can invite people to, and they can invite people to come where you're just educating. You're not selling anything. You're just starting that relationship building process by being able to get in front of your potential market and then make sure that you have a way for, for them to stay in communication with you afterwards. Mm. So if they enjoyed the conversation, they enjoyed the education, they can sign up for your email list or text messaging when you're having another event or something. It's it's not telling them, you know, to buy whatever it is you have to sell, but it's giving you the opportunity, you know, maybe they like your Facebook page or something, but being able to continue to engage with them after that event and build the relationship if they need what you have to sell, when they are ready to buy. So this is one thing that I keep thinking about that I haven't said yet. People will buy. People like to buy. They like to spend money. But you cannot sell to them. They will buy when they're ready. They will buy when they have a need. And they will buy when they trust you 
as the resource that is best for them. So that's really what your job is when it comes to selling. Uh, This is why building a relationship, as we mentioned earlier, is important. Like maybe the customer does not need the service or the product like right now. Maybe they need it in three months, six months, a year from now. And like you mentioned earlier, maybe they themselves don't need it maybe with because they have built something with you, they will refer someone else to you. They'll say, exactly. this person right. says something that you would like and you will get more business uh, that way, uh, maybe, <laughs> probably. Right. Yeah, eventually, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you will. Right, yeah, but it's yeah. a long-term, you know, you're you in business for the long term, Yeah, right? but the, the problem is now with people in general, and I think in the whole world now, people are more into instant gratification. Yeah. That's what's called. Like They are like small children. They want everything like right now. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. work, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what would you say, uh, one takeaway from this episode, Diane? Boy, I would say, um, well, stop selling, right? <laughs> that it really is about relationship building. Sales is about the trust and timing. So you are absolutely right, Hussein. You got to build the trust so that when the time is right, you are the person they will buy from or refer, you know, to you. So, you know, it's a long-term game. So lean in and and spend your time building those relationships. They're invaluable. Yeah, awesome. So where can people get in touch with you, Dan? So if they go to my website, helbigenterprises.com, they can uh, reach out to me. They can sign up for my newsletter. They can download a free uh, chapter of the book and get access to the documents that are in the back of the book, the resources that are in the back of the book, and, you know, see everything else. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you for being here today with me on Success Secret Podcast, Dan. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Success Grid. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you found value in the show, rate and leave a review on iTunes. For more resources, visit successgrid.net. Until next time.